0: Welcome back to Sits of Minas the podcast where Jathan is a baby. This is Brent. This is Jordan. And I'm Peyton. Oh my gosh, Jonathan! You can tell I'm, you can tell I really hate that voice because now I'm calling you Jonathan instead of Jathan.
1: <laughs> You're like my parents.
0: <sighs> Before you know it, I'm going to start using your middle name. I don't know. I don't even know your middle name. I'm going to make up a middle name and use it for you. That's how. I
1: uh, bet you could guess what it Schneider. is. Uh,
0: Schneider. <laughs> Larry. Lawrence?
1: Uh, yeah. What would be. I thought you at least knew my middle initial Mm-mm. based on the fact that I used the logic Ro- oh, right, of to right. Macy for
0: everything. Robert? Yeah. Okay, there you Lawrence
2: go. Leonard? Are you <laughs> Lawrence Leonard? that body, Lawrence Leonard? Lawrence mm-hmm. Leonard? That's from uh, Full Metal Jacket.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Back to I the show. That. Back to the show. Um. So we, we have a fair bit of topics tonight, more than we did last time, actually, which is a good thing, because we were uh, mostly just fooling around last night. It's the beginning of the season, you know, we're we're keeping it slow, keeping it nice and easy. Um, I have lately been looking through all of our past episodes to try and find quotes, because we've seriously only got one in so far. Um But Jathan can tell you more about that when his segment comes up, as long as he doesn't talk in this crazy, weird, uh, baby voice I I guess he is always using. Is that a new thing? Are you gonna be doing that forever now? (laughs) Like, is that gonna be a Uh, thing I have to deal with on a daily basis now?
1: Well, we don't even talk in the flesh, like...
0: We haven't talked in the flesh ever. Vocally.
1: Well, no, I mean... (laughs) You don't ever hear my voice, though, in the course of a day. You just have to listen to me type. So if I figure out how to, like, encapsulate it in my typing, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. In in fact, I don't ever really do that, but since you guys were giving me a hard time, I felt like I had to.
0: (sighs) Okay, well. uh, The baby... So really,
1: actually, I think I blame Peyton the most. (laughs) Why? I'm
2: wondering why I'm to blame for this. I mean... He referred to me as pot.
0: Yeah, as in pot meat kettle. Like, pot calling the don't kettle like black. I like that name. Yeah, I got the reference. You don't like the name pot? No. Well, then don't be a hypocrite. Uh, just call me
1: something different, like... Hypocrite? You know. No, like, like... Like what, j Kettle? I don't... I'm, no, I don't want to be kettle <laughs> either. Something like a nice piece of cookware, like... I don't, I don't know, stainless steel frying pan. I've got a really <laughs>
2: nice pot that you would be just perfectly... It's black, and i got a kettle <laughs> as well that's also black. Hello, pot.
0: Oh my gosh! I can't believe we're sitting here fucking discussing cookware.
2: I, I know, right?
0: <laughs> and it's all Jathan's th- fault. This Literally,
1: is... it is not my fault. I told you already, paid
0: No, 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 no. We're mo- we're moving on. I'm not even going to argue with that because it's just so fucking stupid. It's, it's, I just wa- I just really want to move on. It's dumb. All right, <sighs> let's let's jump right to Peyton for the news because this is fucking hey. stupid.
2: All right, this is Peyton with the news. First, we have the FTC slamming ASUS for making very terrible router software and firmware. Looks like the government said, hey, you guys need to stop doing that. They proposed a consent order that will require ASUS to establish and maintain a comprehensive security program for audits for the next 20 years. So hopefully that means that they will get their shit together.
0: Well, really, every company should have audits in place, but... Indeed. Whatever. Indeed. Indeed. Sorry. Indeed. Keep
2: going. Next, we have a very lull-worthy moment. Linux Mint got compromised by a hacker named Peace. He also claimed to have stolen an entire copy of the site's forum, not just once, but twice one from January 28th and one from February 18th. This information contains some personally identifiable information, such as email addresses, birth dates, profile pictures, and possibly scrambled passwords. And then of course we also have the lovely lovely SSL vulnerability, the DROWN attack due to SSL version 2 and it's able to be exploited because hey guess who wanted it? The government. And then that's paid with the news.
0: Yeah, that's that was that was due to, to some freaking export law back from oh man, mid 90s I think.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I think it's the 90s. Yeah, it's like
0: 20 years old pure. now. I think you're right. Yeah. And then w- this is really old news, so it's technically not even news. But in case you didn't know, Microsoft just uh, also open sourced .net. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's actually released now, but like it's .net. Nobody's going to be using it. <laughs> we, we saw that with like, remember how um, J-thon, What was C sharp? Yeah. What was what was the parser uh... for C sharp on Linux? Mono. mono, yeah. Yeah, remember how Mono took off and then immediately died back down and nobody ever heard from it ever again?
1: I don't think that's true. I think it's true. Uh, I Compared think it's very the, true. Compare the Mono developers. Because, no, no. Um Gnome Do used to be built on Mono. Uh-huh. And I don't know what it's called now. What is it do. called? Just Do. Do. Just Do? It's
0: I thought it was something completely so different. So it's all by uh, Nikki? Last... <laughs> No, that's <laughs> just, just do it do. um no it's uh it was due when i checked i don't know if they changed the name again
1: so my guess is that that's still mostly written in in like c sharp i thought they rewrote a lot of it but then it, but
0: also like keep in mind like who uses it that's well you know who got me into C sharp. yeah right? alex i know but like nobody uses that gnome's built-in thing now the alt f2 that's not due that's that's internal to GNOME 3. That's something they made. GNOME 3, excuse me. Alt,
1: Alt F2. I can't even think of what that does. I've it just opens
0: that. up like a one-time terminal thing. Basically kind of what Do did, only a little bit more simple, I guess. Um, but that's not... That, like, that, that was internally developed by the GNOME team. That wasn't incorporated code from GNOME Do. So to my knowledge, Mono isn't really used for any kind of... My point is... It fell to this DevOpsy bullshit, right? Where it was like, oh, Shiny. Now we can run Microsoft libraries on Linux. Uh, and then nobody used it. So <laughs> I kind of see the same thing happening with .NET. Like, nobody cares.
1: Well, it's just like nobody has written anything thus far with it
0: because it didn't exist really well you can the point is you can run dot net stuff now in linux but everything written in dot net
1: sucks yeah well that's the thing is like if you were going to do that you'd already be running a windows server
0: right and dot net sucks so back to my original point nobody's going to be using it so it's pointless to do that i feel like it's just kind of like a hey here you go anyways (laughs) i'm just going to move on because i could just rant about this for a while um
2: yeah, I, I could too. <laughs> it's if terrible. They wanna,
0: yeah, if they want to like <clears throat> open source their system libraries, that I'd be more impressed with. They're not going to do that, so whatever.
2: Well, I just I just dealt with an issue with a, a customer of mine, a personal customer, who her Internet Explorer wouldn't wouldn't load a, a web page, mm. Google, Hotmail, etc. You know, I, I don't want someone who can't even like create their own working software to create Linux software for me. You know, mm. like I mean that's. That's my thoughts on it. I I don't trust Microsoft, you know, as far as I can throw them, and they're pretty big, so I can't throw them. So. Right. Yeah. I sound like right. Jathan now. <laughs> Maybe I should <laughs> talk to No, you're baby not voice. that
0: bad. Uh, no, don't. D- do not. <laughs> Every time Jathan talks to his baby voice, and just replace it with like a cow mooing or something. <laughs> <laughs> we need to not release that upon the world. Once they listen to later, they're like, oh, that's why he was mooing. <laughs> Anyways, um, I feel bad because I make error do all this stupid shit. So, where were we? Oh, right, 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 right. So, with the SSL vulnerability... Wait a second, I don't get any creative liberties around here. You d- you do! Hold on, we're not even in discussion yet. I'm just expounding oh, upon talking the new I'm talking
1: about my baby no,
0: talk. The, the baby talk is stupid, that's why.
1: That's your opinion. That could have made someone <laughs> no. say, and now you just
0: fuck. No, up. I don't think it would have. With the SSL vulnerability, it's really kind of overhyped, um but it's an SSL vulnerability. So, of course, it's going to get like a lot of popularity and all that cuz it's the hot new shit now that everybody's trying to jump onto because ever since uh what was the first big one? Heartbleed, I think. They're... Heartbleed was the first one and then Ghost?
1: No, Ghost there were was so many in like the last Ghost year. Ghost
0: was d So, that was that was different, but Poodle and, oh, Poodle, right. and we're Freak, just talking yeah, Poodle and FREAK. Yeah, Poodle and FREAK were the other big ones for SSL. But yeah, they were like right after Heartbleed. Uh, but Heartbleed was the big one. So, like, I feel like ever since that happened, everybody's been just, like, really digging into the SSL, OpenSSL code and, like, finding whatever they can. Whatever. The point is, disable SSL v2 because it's outdated and you shouldn't be using it anyways, but it's what makes this attack possible. It's called the DROWN attack. I forget what it stands for because it's stupid. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll link to it. Whatever. But it's another one of those stupid named Vulnerabilities instead of just giving a CBE because they had to be cool or whatever. <laughs> I think it's the s- most stupid thing in the world. But yeah, there is a test for it. Yeah, though. there's a test. It doesn't work.
2: <laughs> it doesn't work as well as it should work. Um, yeah, we yeah. ran the test on some worse systems, and I mean, and by we I mean sysadministrivia trivia, and it was it was inconclusive in a lot of different ways. I think you even tried to build it, and it failed because it needed different libraries. Well, it's
0: it's Python, so it didn't read need to be built but i had the the modules installed but it wasn't detecting them and i'm like all right maybe i'll try like a a pip local install like to my user still wouldn't detect them so so so
2: this is what it stands for it stands for decrypting rsa with obsolete and weakened encryption so they did that stupid thing where they took the second letter in encryption and made that
0: yeah
2: it should be drow not what
0: are the stupid stupid like contrived acronyms it's like they thought of the acronym first and then tried to fit it into the... But yeah, anyways, it's, it's just basically a normal man in the middle. It's not as serious as Heartbreed... Heartbreed? Heartbleed, heartbleed. Where they can, like, actually steal your private keys or something. It's it's just a man in the middle weakness. Disable us to too. 2 It's ages old and you don't need to support it. <sighs> Alright, let's 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 fucking talk about more interesting stuff.
2: Yeah, let's...
0: Really quick, I've got, like, two things I wanted to really quickly mention because I always forget about them and... If I talk about it on the show it'll help me remember. So it's it's totally non altruistic of me, but fuck it, it's my show. So the we we've talked about system D on the show more than once, probably multiple times. One of the the biggest things people hate about it is how hard it is to manage the logs, the logging system, which is the journal. It's a binary system. I bumped into an arch thread, and you know, we'll link it on the show notes so you can read the whole thing, because it's it's really useful. It turns out you can concatenate the journal files without, you know, cat dev zeroing them. Systemd or really journal control uh, has a built-in mechanism for doing that and it's a lot more sane and it's not going to cause that kind of weird temporary corruption you see in your log files where it's like, "Oh, not enough uh, events have been gathered to it'll it'll not succumb to that." So I'll I'll put the command in there just so you can see, visually see it and copy paste it or whatever. It's it's great. I've been using it everywhere now and, and trimming up my logs. So there's that. And then there's also LFTP. And I found this, I think I found this last year near the, maybe November, I think. And I I talked about it for like a hot minute in our IRC channel. It's the, it's the coolest fucking thing. Have either of you used it when I was ranting about it?
1: I'm reading about it right now. I, I didn't even see you ranting about it. I must have missed that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes you're... Not paying attention to the channel
1: <laughs> i'm sorry for having a life no no, no
0: unlike you i actually read the backlog if, when i come back from being away though so oh i only do if i'm highlighted or yeah, something of i don't course
2: usually just would. go back and read it. <laughs> of course I, i'm looking at it and it looks beautiful isn't it great it looks, it looks parallel transfer file transfers what i love about
0: it is so it's like it's like curl right it, it's a regular like http https whatever fetcher but it uses, an, like, an FTP-like interface. If you're on a site and you don't want to have to, like, get a file listing just to find the file you want, you can LFTP host, the HTTP colon slash slash host, and do an LS. You know, it you can do regular FTP commands, except maybe, like, put and stuff because it's HTTP. Um, so maybe you can do it with post, but... Whatever. Uh, the point is, like, you can get like a directory listing and all sorts of really handy stuff that I've always wanted. I was like, man, I love curl, I love wget. If only I didn't have to spider the site to to find what I'm looking for to find out the the hierarchy before I fetch what I'm trying to fetch. LFTP, like, you can just ls, cd around the uh, served directories. It's really cool. It's so great. Jathan, you, you need to start using that.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. I, uh, I have something specific in mind that I'd like to test it with specifically. So. What's that? We have a lot of users that download like reference genomes and stuff like that from NCBI. I think I might have showed it to you mm-hmm. before. And uh, it's like all these directories, but it's almost entirely symlinks. So like
2: oh. you have
1: a path to something, but realistically, it's not actually there. Um, the actual organization without those symlinks makes zero sense to me. So what you end up having to do usually to find like one file is to use WGET with the follow sim links option, mm-hmm. but you end up pulling so much more data than you actually need because you don't know what you actually need or like how yeah. to find it. Well, um, you can so, you probably,
0: you could know, probably also use WGET's, I forget what, I think it's no parents. I, I might be thinking of CP, but there's a, there's a flag that lets you not fetch above, just below where you're at. So. Just
1: below. That's interesting.
0: I'd have to look it up in the main page, but so, it's there.
1: So if you're doing that with a sim link, though, is it below
0: the actual location or? Well, it depends where it sim links to. Or, it... yeah, okay. So if it sim if it starts with like a dot dot slash, it won't follow it. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so I yeah, I, I, don't I know use if that, that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it might. I use that a lot when I mirror when I want to mirror like a specific directory like uh, FTP or HTTP because I I don't want to get the entire site which wget usually is very happy to do when you use it in mirror mode i don't want that so I, I usually just try i want to grab everything in a directory and below so i think you can also specify like how many levels like how many depths of recursion you want to go but that's neither here nor there w gets powerful look it up i prefer curl these days just because it's easier to get information about the actual transaction but you know use whatever works um
2: i like curl as well curls in my opinion is it's just better it's yeah it's yeah, it's, it's much more morose and it does what you need to do without BS. Mm-hmm. So,
0: for, for sure. So, next, we're going to talk about passwords.
2: I don't think we actually ever talked about
0: passwords on this show before, <clears throat> other than to say, like, make a strong password. Did we ever really go into how to make a good, strong password?
2: Well, that's interesting that we talk about that because XKCD, of course, did a very fantastic post about their password. Um, we should actually link to that in the show notes because they make a, a point that, you know, having a long, obscure password isn't always beneficial to security. Mm. As we all know, you know, something you know, something you have, etc. I mean, it's, you know, if your password is 8 million characters long with different symbols and different things, you're going to write it down somewhere and put it under your keyboard or the back of your monitor or something. And that's just not security, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so first of all, I have a, a kind of a humorous story. So for my passwords, I have started or I, many years ago, like middle school, I started sort of a story in my head, like completely mm-hmm. made up. And um, every time I need a new password, I, I invent a new character in the story and some aspect of them goes into my password. And that's how I remember it. I kid you not. Okay. But what's more humorous... That's actually very interesting. um, What's more humorous... Well, I've never forgotten it, so that's good. What's more humorous is last week, actually, it was just last week, I changed my password for everything except at work because I was Mm. like, well, I don't want to change it now in case something happens and it's the middle of the night and whatever. Like, I don't want to mess with it. And, of course, we use Active Directory for everything, so it's like who knows what could possibly go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So I get to work the next morning, and I'm about to head to class for an hour, so I'm like, oh, this is a good time if there's any any time that it takes to ripple through the system so to speak i'm gonna be gone for an hour so i change my password everywhere already i get to work type in my new password doesn't meet the requirements <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you shouldn't be using the same password everywhere jayton
1: yeah yeah i know that well i don't everywhere it's a very distinct set of places but
0: what uh what kind of stories it? is it like
1: a sci-fi story well, I feel like if I tell you what kind of story it is, it might give it away. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: <laughs> it's a fantasy. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <It's>...
0: <laughs> let me. We. J-thon has just demonstrated how you defeat uh... a social engineering attack. Can we give him a bit of <laughs> applause? Can we give him a little clap? He saw right through that. So that's okay. that was actually you, me you trying to social. That was me actually trying to to catch him. But you did a good job, man. Kudos. Well, I can tell you what my old story used to be because I have a new one. If you're really interested.
1: Don't don't tell us if it's too similar. <clears throat> no, but, it's extremely sure. different. Okay. The old one was about dinosaurs.
0: Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: That's all, all I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> what was the point
2: of mentioning that? <laughs> well, oh you gosh. You wanted to
1: know, and I, I thwarted your attempt at finding well, out, but then I didn't.
0: I, I didn't want. I wanted to know because I was trying to to show how social engineering is done. But but you uh,
1: expected me to actually just blurt out i totally
0: did because that's kind of what you do yeah
1: i'm not an idiot
0: (laughs) oh okay um oh gosh all right i'm gonna move on so with with passwords i actually don't like the xkcd method and i'll tell you why it's yeah like cryptographically it does make some for some pretty good entropy um but not the best and and here's why usually when people do that they they don't uh, follow the rule of don't make the words related. In in the XKCD example, I call it the XKCD method, but it's been you're, you're wub-wubbing again, jaython um, So in Damn. the XKCD, in the XKCD example, um, I what is it, correct horse battery stapler?
2: It's correct horse battery staple. yep.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, those are totally random words. Most people go like uh, birthday ice cream cake hat or something, you know, like it, they tend to be related because they're lazy when they come up with these these supposedly secure passwords. Correct. So then that opens up you up to like a relational attack, where it'd be pretty easy to build a uh, a, 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 a basically a dictionary perform a dictionary attack using relational words. Uh, we're at the point now where where we can build relational word databases pretty easily um, and automatically. So. Okay, so let's use totally random words, like correct horse battery stable, for instance. Um, that still opens you up to like a, a, a matrixed dictionary attack, basically. It's the same as brute forcing, only now instead of characters, you're, you're just using words. So I don't like it as much. You want to you wanna make sure you pick strings that aren't going to be found in English, or in your native language. Preferably, they should be words in a language you don't know, or not even actual words. If, you, if you're able to, to do, like, non-UTF input on your keyboard, that'd be even better. Uh, but most uh, most password inputs don't accept that as valid input, so you might have some trouble with that. But yeah, I, I, th- that's why I don't like it. Uh, there's already been several experiments in cracking these type of XKCD quote-unquote passwords with uh, OCL Hashcat, which, by the way, is freaking awesome. Um, between OCL Hashcat and John... If you can't crack it between the John MPI, if you can't crack it between those two, it's not getting cracked. But especially OCL Hashcat, it's it's a beautiful piece of software. Kudos to the people who wrote it.
2: Well, well, now that's that's interesting because I'm curious to hear your opinion on the um, the actual. You know, do you use something that holds your passwords?
0: Oh, like or a password you, manager? Yeah. The the problem is picking the right one. <laughs> correct yeah, We, totally. I, I shared in our IRC channel today <clears throat> one password the number one password the the, the password manager uh, was found to have a be transporting passwords over the loopback interface in plain text uh, <laughs> which is I understand like doing the automatic input of passwords the automatic automatically like once you unlock your, your, your password safe uh, you know having it automatically put passwords in for you is, is convenient but you should know very well what we say about convenience at this point and how it relates to security the real way to do it if you ask me is well and this is why I like pass you know the I've linked to it in the show before but I'll do it again it's a gpg encrypted plain text file it doesn't store it at plain text and it doesn't even create a when you unlock it it doesn't create any sort of plain text temporary file or anything like that that's good yeah so it's, it's fully gpg encrypted which is some really great encryption provided you set your, your key strong enough and, and your default encryption strong enough and things like that but it has some really really strong protection it doesn't do bullshit over the local host it's all terminal standard in standard out it never ever leaves your computer unless you send the password safe intentionally in other words a lot of these quote-unquote cloud password managers are even worse than one password
2: well uh is that really a surprise or like did you have to <laughs> say that i used LastPass for a long time because i you know i felt it was pretty secure and of course they got hacked and I'm yeah like, yeah of course it's you know yeah i'm not surprised
0: so, yeah like the good news is like yeah your your passwords are probably safe for now they're probably being cracked as we speak if they haven't been cracked already so i hope you changed it after the compromise but my point is why you don't want to open yourself up to that possibility in the first place just save yourself a headache and stop being lazy stop using a password manager that inserts the passwords for you how hard is it really to unlock your safe print out the password copy it and paste it you know like it's an extra two seconds but instantly you're not open to these sort of attacks that one password is now being criticized for. Anyways, so yeah, so you want to use a different password everywhere I like to generate completely random ones with uh, PWGen it's it's beautiful beautiful piece of software really simple and small but it lets you specify like just, uh, you know A through Z, 0 to 9, which is good for MySQL because trying to escape MySQL passwords on the MySQL shell is just a pain in the ass, you know, if they have special characters in them or you can also add a flag that will add totally bizarre symbols. You know, it'll add symbols to the, to the password. I usually use 32 character length, and I don't mind telling you that, because that's... <laughs> you're not going to crack that in any time soon. 32, <laughs> 32 character length completely random passwords or pseudo-random, I guess, since it's using a pseudo-random number generator. I don't think I have a hardware number generator on any of my systems. That's, you can't crack that. I'm not going to say it's never going to be cracked, but the hardware we have accessible to us now is, you know, it's perfectly safe.
2: Yeah, I just ran it and I love it. Yeah. The characters are are fantastic. Um, I actually have a pretty funny anecdote about passwords I had to, I was creating an account somewhere, and I don't remember where it was, but it said it had a minimum password of eight characters. It required an uppercase, it required, uh, of course, lowercase, and it mm-hmm. required a number and a special character. So I type in. That's fairly, fairly standard. Fairly standard. So I type mm-hmm. in my, I type, I, t- I type in a password with an uppercase character, and I hit enter, and it says, "Error, do not use an uppercase pass- uh, uppercase character in this password." <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Like, I mean... You just told me. I, I I, wish I could remember the website, because I would love to laugh at it with everyone around here. Yeah. Because it's just, it's mind-bogglingly like,
0: what? And then we can all send them angry emails. Oh, I would love to do that. Well, that's... So, if you've never cracked passwords, I definitely recommend you get into it. And um, I think in the show notes, in a past episode, I linked to creating your own cracking rig. Which is a really cool project, if you have money to blow. Not many of us do, but... It's a really cool thing to build yourself. So, with normal <laughs> consumer <laughs> hardware, what are you laughing
2: at? I'm I'm laughing at the, the pounding. Oh, yeah, j funds. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Stop it's typing awesome. j uh, Knock it off. Sorry.
0: Normally, alphanumeric eight-character passwords can usually be cracked within the day. Usually, it's like a couple hours tops. If no thought was put into it, a couple minutes. And this is like bare minimum, like 386... Power. You know, if you've got a more powerful beast and you can throw a couple cores at it, minutes to seconds, usually seconds. However, with each each character you add, it gets not it doesn't add time. It exponentializes the time it takes to crack. Right. So usually you're pretty safe with a 12 character password that's totally random. No dictionary words or anything like that. Just, And that's usually easy enough to remember. I would, if you really want the bare minimum, I would say increase that to 16 because the hardware's gotten a lot better since I have read the reports on that and, and the numbers. So hardware's gotten a lot more powerful these days and people are building cracking clusters and things like that. So I would go with 16. If you have a password manager, a password safety you can trust, kick it up to 32 totally random because why the hell not, you know? Uh, if it'll take... my 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 big thing is when sites... Uh, yeah, when they put stupid like restrictions on what characters you can use, you know what's the stupidest? What's that? Is fucking banks. Yeah, require you to have the
1: shortest yeah, passwords they're,
2: ever. They're, they're Why? terrible. Why?
0: Like, well, what is but, the point well, of
2: that? Which bank was it? It was I think it was TD Bank or some other. It didn't matter the length you put. It would it would cut down. So if you had like a twelve-digit password, it would cut it down to eight, mm-hmm. and yeah. just use the first eight. And so you would never really know if you were right or not mm-hmm. and it would still use it anyway and it's like whoa, so you, wait just, a you just you just need know?
0: the first 8 characters of the raw input yeah uh, and VNC's like that too. You can set a password for some VNC server software. Li- will let you set a, a password longer than eight characters, but it'll only read the, the first eight. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and that's why VNC is considered insecure, even if it's encrypted. But that's another. That's a whole nother show, and I would love to talk about that. Were you
1: just cringing the other night when I was talking about using VNC? No, I
0: don't. I think I missed that actually. Anyways, so the 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 thing I have a big pet peeve about is when sites limit the number of characters for your password yeah like no password longer than 16 characters that's fucking stupid that's that's why why would you do that first of all why aren't you grabbing a a hash and salting that for your database because that tells me if there's a password length limit that tells me you're storing the actual password in plain text and you don't want to exceed the 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 length allotment for that that column why would you do that why it's 2016 Salt, salted hashes are a thing you know that right like you you know you don't need to sort of the password oh gosh um i'm gonna give myself a heart attack <laughs> like within the, the next year well, this show it, it is, is gonna seriously be like me.
1: it is utterly ridiculous like especially banks mm-hmm. like that's what bothers me the most not that it's a you know an eight character it's a too. fucking yeah. bank
0: healthcare portals are, are guilty of that as well gosh. yeah running on like ask.net and all the sorts of messy bullshit yeah no, it's, it's a mess everywhere.
2: So I think the thing that we could take from this is that if you're going to set up a password requirement, mm-hmm. please don't be stupid with it. Allow 120 characters, whatever. Don't put a minimum limit. Well, I would say a minimum limit, but yeah. don't put a max limit. And, you know, if you're going to have a policy where you require a capital letter, then by all means don't have a policy <laughs> preventing not allowing a capital letter. Yeah.
0: Yeah and and there are like there's javascript methods now where you can hash it client side and you really should be doing that. So it's there there shouldn't yes. be any yeah, real reason. At yes. that point you're not even sending the yeah. password. Yeah. Well,
2: was it Which is was it, what was the program that was saving passwords in plain text and like uh, in uh, um, the 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 user's directory. Wasn't there a wasn't there a
0: Firefox Firefox Firefox? used to, that years ago, they they fixed it, you know, a lot of years ago, but they very first used to do that. And I think if you don't use a master password, it might still do that, I'm not sure, but I know Firefox used to do that. But we're talking like Firefox 2, so, and they're up to like what, like version 50 now?
2: I actually had a gentleman tell me that he thought that Firefox was the most insecure browser of the three or four or five or whatever it is up to now and it
0: has its problems but documented vulnerabilities is like safari definitely beats all of them
2: oh yeah
0: yeah uh ie is a very close second um chrome's had a couple but it's it's pretty new firefox has had a chair i'll I'll definitely grant that but like it's it's, sure a lot of them have been flash related and we all know the problems with flash at this point i would hope
1: thank god it's going yeah yeah
0: yeah um so anyways not fast to enough. to close this this little segment out thanks to Kyle in our IRC Kyle Yankin that's his nick yeah he suggested we call this episode Hunter 2, and I'm going to do that. And <laughs> if you don't know why, we'll we'll link to the actual primary source. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, did you put that in the, the topics yeah. list? There.
0: Yeah, I put, yeah, it's in Oh,
2: there. God. I didn't see that. I just That's added hilarious.
0: it before we started because I didn't want to forget.
2: That's such a great reference. <laughs> Isn't it? it? It is a great yeah. reference. So perfect I'll, perfect social engineering. I'll put the primary
0: source in the show notes so you can read it for yourself because it's hilarious. But basically, it's it's one of the most hilarious and very short social engineering attacks over IRC I've ever seen. It's it's so funny, but I think we'll immortalize this guy's password forever by naming our uh, our episode Hunter 2. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: I think he's already pretty
0: famous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a typo. Next, um, I have wine revisited. I meant to type revisited, but it, it I guess it came out revisited. So I. I was thinking, like, how many people know what Wine is? Because I was talking with uh, an InfoSec guy on Twitter today, and he confused Wine with Sigwin, which is an understandable mistake. They they do basically the same thing, but vice versa. You know, Wine is for running Linux or uh, Windows apps in Linux or Unix, whatever. And then Sigwin is for running a Linux-type system like GNU Core Utils and stuff inside Windows. So he, he got them flipped around. They're both horrible, in my opinion, but... I have here, like, I was like, how can I describe what wine is to someone who's ne- who would not know what wine is uh, and has no technical background? And I came up with wine is like that rich asshole uncle. You can't bear him most of the time, and it's totally insufferable when he tries to relate with you. So you try and avoid him as much as possible, but he still can, you know, and it, somehow he always gives like the largest grossing income birthday cards, like, you know, birthday <laughs> cards with money <laughs> uh, it, when you need it the most. So wine's like that. Like, you don't want wine... You really don't want to have to deal with it. It's messy. It's um, super annoying. And it just gets on your nerves. But it's great to have it when you need it. I feel like I I interrupted Peyton.
2: What were you going to say? Wine is not an emulator.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So it started out with that acronym. But now they're like, oh, you know what? We're not going to use the acronym anywhere. We're just going to call ourselves wine. And
2: yeah I, I, I know yeah and it's I stupid use it.
0: i'm like the name is great first of all it's recursive and we all we all love our recursive acronyms mm-hmm. uh second it like perfectly describes what you are you're not an emulator you're a compatibility library and they're they're different yeah it's basically a set of libraries that run in linux but can read windows
2: executables and things like that it's perfect. I use it every day. I can't it Works very well.
1: I don't think anyone would ever say
2: that it's perfect. I can't tell By if you're way, being
1: that sarcasm. Okay, okay.
0: I was like, <laughs> your, your sarcasm is way too convincing. Yeah, it, it's it's not without its problems, for sure. But luckily, there's a lot of things that fix a lot of those problems you're experiencing. So I thought we'd, we'd talk about some of the the tweaks I've found uh, that make mine a little bit more friendly to use and uh, less headachey, tear your hair out kind of. <laughs> so the first one I found is and I don't know about you guys, but this is this is the one that bugs me the most. This is why I just hate even installing wine, because once you do it it's game over with this. Wine will like take over your file associations. Oh god. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So after you run wine for the first time it sets up all these bullshit associations. So you end up using their bundled notepad.exe and it looks just like win you know like Windows notepad for Files with an unrecognized file type, you know, so like no file extension and it doesn't. And let's say Gnome doesn't know to use gedit for those kind of files. Normally you just like click on a config file and have it open up. It's like, all right, great. Uh, now they open up in Notepad.exe, which is furiating.
2: What's even worse is open, is when you click on an image and it opens in Internet Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's even better. Uh, obviously, I was being sarcastic when I said it was perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it it works and it works ish. Yeah. After you make it the way it needs to be, um, it, it does it does do a very good job running Windows xes in mm-hmm. Linux. I, again, I mean it requires some configuration. If you're using Linux, obviously you don't need that. If you're mm-hmm. a sysadmin, I mean not that you don't need it. You should be you already are aware that something needs configuration and you're not going to run it out of the box. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, so I do have some links. That fix that, so they not only remove the existing associations, but they prevent them from being recreated. The downside of that is you still have to. J-Thon, oh my gosh, with the typing. That's not me. Payton, oh my it gosh, with the it. typing. It is
2: to you. I wasn't. T- no, I swear. That like was I'm... that was not me, dude. I, I I can't even access my keyboard right now. This is Aaron Kitzo, the editor and typing police. Let the record show that both Payton and Python. We're typing.
1: If I just heard it,
0: how would it be me? Do uh, you have loopback in your headphones?
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> Dude, that was not me typing on a keyboard.
0: If it happens again, okay. I'm just going to mute j and see if it goes away. So, yeah, so the downside of that is you do have to run Wine for the, at least the first time. And then you get all these horrible association stuff. But then you can clean it right up and prevent it from recreating. The important thing is to do both. Because if you don't set the uh, internal setting in Wine to not recreate them, it'll recreate it every time you run Wine. So every time you try and install Windows software, every time you try and run an already installed Windows software in Wine, everything. It's just horrible. Um, It's worth just taking the
1: four minutes of your life. Yeah, it
0: it seriously takes four minutes or less. Uh, It's editing like two files and that's it. Uh, So worth it. And like deleting everything in a directory and you're done it's really simple (laughs) it's it's totally worth it uh another trick is you can run like wine so wine bundles their own version of of windows software that you may be used to one is notepad.exe which we talked about another one is uh like regedit like a does anyone remember regedit i don't think that's still a thing in windows
2: it it is probably is it, it is yeah. it still is coming from the windows world uh, just a just a last year mm. yes it is still a thing yes it is still oh my god the, reg- the registry is still it it, it just makes me want to go what <laughs> i mean i mean i usually run like something called c cleaner mm-hmm. or i run uh, revo uninstaller and revo will go in and it will actually remove registry entries and some of the stuff that i've seen it pull out I'm just like, why does... Why does this program need 800 different hooks into 800 different things? Yeah. You know, why does HP need to have uh, a registry entry in, in practically every entry? Why, why? It doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the registry is still a thing, and yes, it's still terrible. Like, and why... I... Well,
1: why
0: would you have it's just a stupid ass way to
1: manage uh, shit. but yeah. why
0: would you have like, yeah, why would you have a binary configuration? and this is coming from a guy who loves System D. Why would you have a binary configuration system?
2: I'd I love know. to ask Microsoft that question.
0: I don't know. I, whatever I
2: really would. What's better is when you actually want to edit
1: it and you have to figure out what it actually wants you to say. Oh, like the key name? I mean, you can't just you you can't just turn things on or off right. You have to know the exact syntax,
0: but it's not—it's not uniform. I mean, yeah. And uh, to be fair, like there's um, there's a similar thing for for Linux. The difference there is it's not binary driven. Yeah, you can interact with it with different binaries, but it's still not binary driven. It's uh oh, what gconf, gconf and dconf. Gconf. Yeah. I yeah. first was I think dconf and then it reiterated into Gcon for something like that. Yeah, you can use binary tools and it's really handy in that sense, but guess what? It's flat file driven. You can actually see like what files it points to and everything, it's great. Uh, and you can open them with a regular text editor. I wouldn't recommend it because there's like a separate file for each setting. You know, it, it's at least done smarter, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, where I was going with that is there's like a bunch of native wine apps meant to emulate windows system internal apps uh and one of them is command.exe so there's like a native command.exe and a like a console so you can do wine console cmd and you get like a wine command.exe which is great if you run like and i'm, I'm showing my age here but uh i had a unreal 99 like unreal gold the first one.
2: Oh wow really yeah
0: like before unreal tournament was a thing this is, Unreal Tournament was supposed to be like the quote-unquote sequel to this game. So Unreal Gold, I ran a co-op single server in Linux, uh, and this was before like the native port really worked well. There's there's like a, a native port that the community made afterwards, but this was before that. So I, I ran it in Wine, in-screen, using Wine Console. Worked pretty well, you know? I think there was only one glitch, and that's if you try and save a co-op game, like, with the save menu on a client Mm. that has admin privileges. That's the one thing I found that could crash it, but everything else, it handled beautifully, so I was, like, I was really impressed by that. Most older things tend to work better. Yeah, older Um, things tend to work great in wine. Most.
2: There's also a really nice utility, WineHQ, which will tell you how people have tested certain wine Mm -hmm. apps, or certain things in wine. Uh, yeah the most yeah highest the highest rated yeah, app I... in wine is final fantasy 14 don't ask me oh really
0: wow well, i'm out of touch that. it used to be it used to be wow yeah mm. wow
2: is wow mm. isn't uh the highest rated anymore
1: well they have a, a rating system where things are either platinum or gold or silver or whatever yeah. right and or, wow is or
0: wow copper is or bronze yeah, yeah 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 or wow trash there's like a there's a total yeah. trash garbage garbage so that means yeah so the yeah, garbage, yeah. So, gold means it runs pretty well. Like, it's possible to run into bugs, but you're not likely to. Platinum is like, we we have tried breaking this and we can't.
2: It's better than Windows. <laughs> but gold's, gold's usually...
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's what platinum basically means. You, you find a couple of platinum ones. So, yeah, appdb.winehq.com. Of course, I'll link to it in the show notes, so I always do. But that's where you're going to look up the programs for compatibility. And a lot of people break it down to, like, major version releases, too. So you can know if your particular versions, how well that runs. And by distro um, as well. Yeah, and by distro, uh, usually. Um, you'll, you'll see if a test was done a certain distro. But nine times out of ten, as long as the wine version is newer or equal to the version tested with, you can trust those results. So running Arch, I don't really run into any problems. So There's also wine tricks, and if you want to run a game under wine like a, a windows game vi- i guess video graphics heavy kind of stuff or like internal system heavy or network system heavy kind of windows applications you're going to want to use wine tricks it handle it like does some library detections and will install in your wine container any missing dependencies you might have it's it greatly increases the compatibility all sorts of really handy stuff. Learn Wine tricks use Wine tricks. It's really easy. It's, it's a GUI program, so you don't have an excuse. If that, for whatever reason, doesn't work, and you have a Windows install, you can copy over the the Windows libraries and tell Wine to use the native Windows libraries instead of its own. So that tends to make things more compatible.
2: Well, there's there's another utility you can you can run that's similar to Wine. It's Play on Linux, and uh, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, it, it allows yeah, yeah. Play you play to Linux, actually. Yeah. It actually allows you to have multiple Wine instances, which some applications uh, work better with certain versions of Wine. Um, So if you're thinking about using Mm -hmm. something, I would definitely reference, or research at least, play on Linux. It can help you with a lot of different things.
1: Yeah, some, wait, is it pinned to a specific version of Wine? Because I seem to remember, like, it actually ships with its own version of Wine.
2: It it ships with its own version. You can have another version installed in a, a container, so to speak. A bottle,
0: yeah. Isn't yeah. that cute? Wine calls them bottles. Yeah. I don't like Play On Linux because I usually just create my own bottles by hand, and usually the version that I have system wide of Wine is, is fine. But yeah, I, I have used it in the past. It's also neat in that it has uh, like predefined templates for a lot of stuff you want to install. So you're like, yeah, I want to install Diablo 2. Checkmark Diablo 2. Done. Run. And it'll install the, all the necessary dependencies and all the libraries and stuff. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I its feel only... like that hasn't been as much of a.
2: I feel like that's its only really its true benefit is that it has stuff already enabled and yeah, you just click it and go.
0: Yeah, you don't need to like figure out like all right, what library am I saying now, or look for like a forum post somewhere. It... The, the
2: mm-hmm. downside
0: is usually it doesn't have a template for what I want to install, so there's that. I'm I'm done talking about it. I went through all the all the stuff I added for the for the yeah, no, show notes. Does anyone else have anything to say about wine? It's been a long time since I've used
1: wine, so I think the last time I would have was probably when I used to play World of Warcraft.
0: The the brief period I played World of Warcraft where my friends dragged me into it, I I used it with with wine, and I think that might have been the last time I seriously used it. So Don't act like you didn't love it. No, I hated it. It's not my thing. I, I, it's such a great game. I, played for, te- I played for
2: 10 years. That's where I met my wife, yeah. and we'll always have a, a place that i can go back to but it's not it's not what it used to be for me really so well the game I,
0: isn't what it used to be yeah well i, I, I don't know I've, I've never i've never been able to get into anything more than like shooters that's just it's how i play i don't know too slow <laughs> i can't keep my attention <laughs> i guess so then last on our uh, our topic list for tonight what I'm calling acoustic key loggers just because I love the phrasing of it paid in last week. I think it was, when did you, when did you send that G talk to me?
2: I, I that think G- it was that last Google week.
0: chat or Google talk or whatever it was. I,
2: I, yeah. I think it was last week. Um,
0: he showed me this article. Yeah. 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 He showed me this article on vice.com about how quote unquote hackers, I like to call them security researchers, but I guess they're hackers, uh, how they stole crypto keys from a laptop that's offline and in another room. And, Basically what it comes down to is they use frequency vibrations, right? So everything using power, getting power, pushing out power, whatever puts off a certain frequency, right? Basically there's a way you can use that to get information about stuff that's using that power, I guess is the best way to put that. So they they look through it, they it's hard to explain, so I'm just going to link to the original article. But I, I told him, like, oh, yeah, like, that's that's nothing new. We've 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 been doing stuff like that since the early 70s. And then he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, have you ever heard of Tempest? So I sent him the white paper on it. It's an NSA white paper. So if you're paranoid, uh, maybe turn your proxy on before visiting the site and downloading the white paper. But it's it's publicly available, written and published, I think, in 1972. It's very old. I forgot what the acronym stands for, but basically, Tempest was you could use uh, emanations from like a monitor, pick them up, and then recreate them in at another location. So it was a big deal, and people were like losing their shit about this. But it was the NSA, and at that point, like they weren't so—I hesitate to use the word—but evil. But they were still pretty covert, you know. So they were like, "Shit, we gotta." This
1: is really funny. What? Uh, what just reading through the Wikipedia article. Oh yeah 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 yeah.
0: yeah. That's um, yeah, hilarious. So they were well, like, "All right, we kind of got to keep this under wraps."
2: One of the things about it, though, is that it, re- it requires you to really you have to the keyboard can't move. First of all, like if it moves, they're gonna have to mm-hmm. keep resetting how how it it detects it. So I mean, you know, it's not like you can set it up on like a thing that bounces and moves up and down. I could just see like a Mission Impossible movie where <laughs> the guy's keyboard is on a thing and it moves up and down, and they have to like hack it with. I, I I can just see it now, but uh, you know you know if your keyboard is in one spot and they set this equipment up and it costs a lot of money for this equipment it's like three thousand dollars for all of it it's all lab equipment and mm. and you know if the keyboard is not moving and they, they attenuate it just right yes they can do this.
1: Now to be fair you say three thousand dollars is a lot of money but depending on what you could possibly gain access to yeah. maybe not. Yeah and that's the and important the other thing, thing is sure. the other thing is you know you're talking about a keyboard moving realistically if you went to a coworker's desk before they got to work and you taped their keyboard to their desk would they notice no they wouldn't know i
0: i would cuz most people most people aren't moving their keyboards but
1: yeah i actually push my keyboard back at the end of the day so i would definitely notice but
0: oh i i move it uh i move it all around when i'm working cuz i always change i change positions a lot sit a lot so like i my back starts to hurt so i'll just move my body to an angle and move it around then yeah so i, I would notice but the even more important than that though is like so you can you can use actual acoustics like the sounds of keys and this is how um i think this is how the one paid and linked me to. uh like you can actually use the sound of fingers hitting keys and map out like triangulate where the fingers are on the keys and you can use that to basically you can use uh display emanation like ra- display radiation like what tempest does and kind of recreate the visual output there was a gpg a, an attack someone did on gpg not gpg specifically but the cryptographic functions where they could measure the like the fluctuating frequency output of the cpu and of no course way. i guess there's yeah yeah <clears throat> it's yeah. in the show notes yeah so so i'll i'll link it there uh, Jathan, i think that is the the arst technical one in this section
1: Yeah, i have a lot of links open on
0: Google. it's the, the second to last one you could do that <laughs> And they did that with sort of like a high-powered specialized microphone, basically, uh, to do kind of the same thing. Really sensitive equipment. But yeah, like they could kind of get, and it was impressive, it was like maybe 60 or 70% of the key, something like that, of the key generation using this method. Uh, I think it has since been patched in GPG. For the key generation, but I'm I'm not sure. It's really hard to patch that kind of stuff because that's very hardware dependent. Yeah. Oh, and, and this even goes back to like the the 60s, I think, with Van Eck freaking. So when freaking with yeah. P H R E A K. So when freaking was still a thing, um, when people cared about phone lines instead of uh, internet lines, you could detect the frequency modulate, like the frequency uh, changes in a telephone line, and get information about the actual. Uh, conversation or or transmission in that line from that. Which is why I thought it was hilarious that Jathan mentioned early, way at the beginning of the show, that may have been pre-meeting, I, I can't remember, I, that was pre-meeting, uh, he talked about how uh, the Wub Wub Wubs uh, and anyone who's listened huh. to the show has known that <laughs> we, Jaython's mic sometimes makes some really weird noises that sound kind of like a muted dubstep. Uh, he was like, yeah, I think it's because my microphone cord's crossing my power cable. Yeah, they sound like that. He's like, I think it's because my microphone cord is crossing my cable. And lo and behold, that's a, that's a prime example of kind of what of how Eck freaking works. So you may have the strongest password in the world. You may have totally air-gapped system but you're still vulnerable granted these attacks are very expensive not just in hardware because I think like the uh, the acoustic attack I think could get by pretty well you can make like laser microphones which are incredibly accurate and pick up like, very small sounds and they're pretty cheap you can build your own so like for some of the attacks it's not really that monetarily expensive but the amount of effort that goes into them is so super incredible like you need to really know what you're doing i don't think i could ever do it i would love to try but i don't think i could ever do it myself keep in mind that you know uh while these attacks are incredibly expensive you're not invulnerable i i tried thinking of coming like taking up some uh negate some negations to this like protections against it and i could only come up with a couple and the problem is there's so many different attacks that use the same basic like side channel kind of i thought of maybe using a faraday cage around the equipment around the target equipment. (laughs) You Uh, just sit in one all the time. But then that doesn't protect you from, like, the actual acoustic attacks. You could jam it with junk radio frequencies on the same frequency level to try and mask the actual data. And if you have access... Like, if you're trying to protect the target machine, you probably have a better luck with this because you'll know what frequency patterns are going to be emerging, so you can try and modulate around that and stuff like that. Use (laughs) lead... <laughs> just to case the room in lead, I guess, uh, and like sound dampening foam pads on the walls. Or I guess uh, it'd be a lot harder with like one of those virtual keyboards, like projection, distance, measuring kind of stuff. So there's a couple things you can do, but it's kind of ludicrous to, at this point because like the attacks are still pretty expensive. They're not really worth it. Yeah, got to be in a fairly close physical distance. You know, but it's still something to keep in mind. And I, I just was mostly trying to have fun with trying to come up with pr- protections against those attacks. Um, if you have any ideas yourself as to how one might thwart these attacks, we'd love to hear them. And the more ridiculous they are, the better, of course.
2: I fully intend to wrap my whole desk area in tinfoil and start start a white noise generator. And <laughs> I'm gonna just generate some RF traffic, and that'll that'll really annoy people who like to, to see me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it doesn't have to be white noise it could be uh just like metal <laughs> you know
2: i can scratch my finger it's not a keyboard or not, a, not a chalkboard i mean not a keyboard. <laughs> there you go
0: but the trick is you have to you have to make sure it's random enough to not be filtered out because like even when i edit our stuff i can filter background noise out you know no matter how loud it is i'm still left with the the source noise as long as i can isolate a part of that noise they can filter the rest out. And I'm definitely not any sort of audio engineer, so I can only imagine what the what the people who who study this and engineer this are capable of. So, yeah, it's fun to think of solutions to that, but I wouldn't really worry too much about it. No, you're never going to be 100% secure. It's always about uh, being more secure. You know, the pursuit rather than the destination, I think.
2: I mean, if you if you really Try to keep it ahead of you know if you, if you try to keep ahead of mm-hmm. as best you can things. I mean obviously zero days are, mm. are almost impossible to really be one hundred percent aware of you, you know try not to have stupid security policies mm. yeah <laughs> you know I I think that you know if if you're on top if you try to stay on top of as much as you can then you'll be in a better shape than someone who's reacting instead of being proactive
0: yeah. Yeah, proactive, not reactive, multi-layered tiered security is the way to go. Uh, So with that, I'm going to turn over to Jathan for our contest.
1: Right. So, uh, we're continuing the same contest as we have been, and we are still looking for submissions for t-shirt quotes from season zero, uh, which was our first season. At this point, how many submissions do we have? We have one. Still just one, which is the same as last episode. (laughs) Damn it! Listen is season zero find some quotes you like tweet at us direct message us facebook us join irc throw paper airplanes i don't really give a shit (laughs) but send us your submissions if you can let us know who said it because that's just fun for us um in fact the one submission we got we had to go back and listen because we didn't know who it was um it's easier if you let us know which episode (laughs) Yes, yeah. that as well. And if you win the contest, so the, the goal is, once we have lots of submissions, which um, apparently mm-hmm. we only have one, we need a lot. Once we have a lot of submissions, we're going to put a poll up. Everyone's going to get to vote on them. And if your submission wins for the best quote, you will get a free piece of swag with that quote mm-hmm. on it.
0: Yep. Uh, either shirt or hoodie, your choice. And uh, I'll throw some stickers in, because why not? Okay. At this rate, I've come up with... Oh, jeez. I don't know. Uh, I've got, like, maybe... 16 picked out that i like it's pretty easy we're ridiculous so we have we're pretty quotable i don't know 10 or 16 or whatever that i picked out obviously i can't win the contest if i guess if someone picks a quote that i i find there's no winner (laughs) so uh, it's a race against time at this point so you really want to get those those suggestions in make sure you listen
1: yeah and not to mention um no offense but the sooner that we actually get some submissions the sooner we can move on to a yeah. contest. Yeah, we've got
0: a lot of ideas for really cool contests, so get your asses in gear, because I'm sick of listening to my own voice and Jathan's voice. I have to do it enough as is. <laughs> and...
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, when we went back and started listening... They were to the funny, videos, though. So. It was they were so they fun, were
0: fun yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I think it's time to close this out. What do you guys think? I think that's, uh, that's about it. I think that's a wrap. Okay, cool. This has been SysAdministrivia. This is Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Peyton. <laughs> I love how every time you do the little rascals and I'm paid him.
2: <laughs>
0: Alright, I'll see you all around.